Hello and thank you for joining the Armchair Champions Podcast once again. Um, this is Tori coming at you. Um, and I just want to give you some of my thoughts um, from the game that we played against the Indianapolis Colts, in which the Colts came out victorious 23-0. <clears throat> um, again, thank you for tuning in. Um, before I get started, uh, give me a second just to uh, give you a bit of a, a disclaimer here. I'm a bit under the weather. I'm fighting a bit of head congestion, so hopefully it doesn't hamper too much of uh, what I'm going to say. Um, if it seems like it does, please forgive me. Um, again, like I said, I'm battling a bit of uh, congestion right now, so um, I just wanted to bring you this episode that way I can uh, give you my take, uh, you the listeners, um, who I'm uh, appreciative of, and I just want to make sure that I keep giving you uh, the content that um, I've uh, been giving, and I want to try to be more consistent. Um, again, before my last episode, I was away for about a couple of weeks. I had a lot going on. But um, I'm trying to just get myself back into the uh, groove here. So, again, a bit of head congestion. Please bear with me, and I thank you for your patience. <clears throat> okay. So we played the Indianapolis Colts and we came out with a loss, Dallas Cowboys. It's 23-0. We didn't score a point. Yet, on our offense, uh, Dak Prescott was able to rack up 206 yards in passing off of uh, 39 attempts. Um, He threw an interception. And we had Ezekiel Elliott, who rushed for 87 yards. Um... I believe he had 112 all-purpose yards at the end of the day. Compared to the, uh, excuse me, compared to the Colts, they had, um, well, Andrew Luck, he had 192 passing yards and no touchdowns. Yet, um, Um, excuse me. Um, yet the rushing attack, the rushing attack itself had um, a few touchdowns, and it had uh, as a whole 170 plus rushing yards and two touchdowns. Um, this was by and large one of the worst performances that anyone has seen from the Dallas Cowboys in 15 years. The last time that they got shut out, I mean, no points whatsoever, was in 2003 during the um, Quincy Carter days when he was under center. Um, That was the last shutout they experienced. So, a couple of thoughts in the game. For some reason, it seems like the Cowboys can rack up yards between the twenty for between twenty yard line on their on the uh, their side of the field to the twenty yard line on the opponent's side of the field. Once they cross the twenty yard line on the opponent's side of the field, it seems like the drive stalls. And why? There's hardly any telling. 
Um, it could be from the simple fact that in the red zone, they run the same predictable kind of plays. Um, the defense, I thought wouldn't be a concern. The defense came out flat. They came out flat, uninspired. Um, no, it seemed like they didn't have what keeps them going. They didn't have the motivation that they usually have. Um, special teams, they had a blocked uh, field goal turned into a Colts possession. Um, that could be demoralizing as well. And as soon as I saw that field goal get blocked myself, I figured it was going to be a long day. So... Um, with that said, it was just a bad game all around. Plenty of blame to go around all phases of the game. Players, coaches, on down. So, um, defense actually shocked me because defense, it came out as though it was, it was largely disappointing and underwhelming. Um, they didn't let a lot happen in the air, but they still got uh, a couple of times. They still got hit with uh, long passes for conversions on first downs um, um, from third or even second down. Um, they got gashed. Um, for the run game, again, like I said, there were about 178 total rushing yards, and this is maybe the second time that they've allowed 100 yards of rushing in a game. And the last time was the first meeting against the Washington Redskins, and we lost that game. Um, so whatever was going on with the defense, I'm not entirely sure, but they certainly, they certainly did not play what they've come, they didn't play the way that they've been known all season. You know, lock up the running game, cut the field in half, keep the play in front of you. Seemed like they did more chasing than they did stopping plays. It was almost, it was almost as if everybody on the team, offense, defense, special teams, felt like they may have had somewhere better to be. I mean, I don't think that that was the case, but it's just based on the play alone that's seen kind of like that could very well be an attitude um, that could have been taken, but I don't think that that was attitude amongst the players, but it looked like it just off based off the uh, sample size of the game that they played. Um... Going back to the offensive side of the ball, it's where the largest the largest amount of our problems lie. The bulk of the problems lie <laughs> on the offense. Um, offensive play calling, offensive playing, um, fundamentals, discipline, um, Scoring. I mean, again, as typical, our offensive line got called for holding penalties every time we had a good game for a first down or more. 
it got called back because there was a holding call or some form of a penalty and it either started at the line or, you know, it might have happened in the course of the play, some kind of holding or something. Um, as far as the quarterback play, it's still the same. It's not changed. It's what it is at the moment, sadly. Um, and I'm not talking about uh, Dak Prescott as a quarterback in its entirety. What I'm talking about is the fundamentals are not there. Like, he's holding, still holding on to the ball far too long. That line can only hold it but so much. Um, his pocket presence is slim to none. Um, you don't see him slide into the pocket, move around the pocket very often. He's just standing there waiting for something to happen, somebody to get open, without realizing that he still has a slide into that pocket um, or slide around the pocket, you know, at least until something happens and he can go where he's going to go. To get, he, that way he, he needs to buy himself some time to go through those progressions. Um, again, my biggest fear, the... Going into the game was the right side of that line where you had Lyle Collins and Connor Williams. And again, like I said, just from what I've seen from Connor Williams, even though I know it's his rookie year, but I'm not sure that's the guy you want to have in place of your all of your Pro Bowl um, right guard, Zach Martin. Zach Martin wasn't in the game, so they put Connor Williams in his place again. Again, Lyle Collins is a natural guard. But they put him at right tackle. He's not in position. Connor Williams, he either has to still learn some things, get his upper body strength intact, or both. And just based off what I've seen this whole season, they've both, in in, in their respective positions, gotten whipped at the line. At the line of scrimmage, they've gotten whipped off the ball. So you put them together side by side and that side's going to get attacked when you find out that they're getting whipped as a unit on that side of the line. So a lot of times plays that went to that side they resulted in sacks. Um, And by the way, Dak got sacked um, quite a few times in this game. And he now has the Cowboys franchise record for most sacks taken by a quarterback in the entire history of the franchise. And that's due to a lot of things, holding on to the ball, trying to extend the play by just staying there without, you know, having the presence of mind to slide in or around the pocket. Um, he can break the pocket and make, and make something happen with his legs, but for some reason he was contained in the pocket passing today. Not today, but um Sunday, my apologies. He was just contained this past uh Sunday to pocket passing. Um and you know, sometimes the line I mean at parts they just couldn't hold up long enough to at least get the pat ball the pass out. And sometimes it was him holding on to the ball. So it was a combination of both of those factors. Um at least from what I understand, the average time a quarterback might get is maybe three seconds to throw the ball. Um, five if you maybe have max protection or you have an extra back in there making sure that they can pick up the rusher or something of that nature. Well, 
Dak is still holding on to the ball a little bit longer, just a little longer. And if you hold on to the ball just that second or two longer, you're, you're, you're risking taking a sack, not throwing it away, not throwing it to somebody, not going through your progressions healthily enough. That way, if it does come to where everything breaks down, you either run, and if you're being pursued, uh, if you're in hot pursuit on a run, like they're going to stop you, um, you throw it away. Nobody's getting that to him. And it seemed like any adjustments that could have been made in halftime really weren't on offense. And that seems to be the story with the Cowboys all the time. It's just stick to the game plan. No adjustments. If you're in the middle of that game and what you drew up for the game plan is not working, um, most of the time you're going to make those adjustments. And it seems like that did not happen at all in this game. <laughs> or many other games that doesn't seem to happen. It's just stick to the plan and hopefully it'll work. You know, it was a long shot, break a wishbone, you know, sprinkle some stardust on it and, you know, wish on a star and maybe it'll start to work and they won't predict what's going on. It's that kind of scenario. But either way, the bottom line is the adjustments aren't being made properly or if at all, that they're just not being made properly. So who's to blame? I mean, a lot of people are blaming Dak Prescott. Um, everybody wants to blame Dak. He's taking his share of the blame for this game. He's taking his share of the blame. But it seems like so many people, other than the pundits in the media, you know, people who actually analyze the games um, and they bring it to you on television, so many people are for, I mean, well, and maybe save for some people who are more objective as to know that Dak's progression or lack thereof is attributed to a lack of good coaching or lack of effective coaching or development. But there are so many out there who are so fixated on Dak Prescott. Um, so I'm saying, oh, Dak sucks, ABCD. Um, they're not really focusing on the fact that he's not being well coached. I mean, in my opinion, he's not. He's not being developed properly. I mean, again, you have a quarterback's coach who just came fresh off the bench. He hasn't even coached peewee league football yet. But he converts directly from being a backup quarterback to an NFL coach without any real coaching experience, without at least getting his hands dirty in Pop Warner, rec league, something of that nature, high school, no experience there. He just converts right into coaching. And he cannot seem to, and he's not, he's not helping Dak's progression at all. Like Dak's progression is, in my opinion, is suffering because there's nobody teaching him you can't hold on to the ball that long. Nobody's teaching him, well, you know, if it seems like the line isn't holding up long enough for you, maybe take one to three step drops. You know, get some blitz beaters in there. You know, first person that may come up with it is going to be your tight end. Throw it to him, get some short passes, you know, or, or anything like that. Hit your slot receiver as soon as they come open. No, there's nothing being taught in that manner to Dak. It seems like, again, like I said, following the script, stick to the script. Don't, don't do anything outside of what the script calls for. 
when truthfully, if something breaks down or you see something that's uh, as drawn up, not going to work, you audible out. And at least from what I've heard, um, in the Eagles game, when they scored the touchdown in the fourth quarter in overtime to win, there was a bit of audibling going on on the field. So what changed from the Eagles game to the Colts game? I don't know, but honestly, I'd rather have them audible all game than to have what's scripted be ineffective and they come away with no points each time. And then we have the fact of the red zone where it seems the same thing. Running out of the gun, you got the running back right beside the quarterback and the gun. And you're going to try to hand it up the gut where everybody is crashing down on the line right there in the center. Nothing to make sure he can get around or hit a hole anywhere. And the holes aren't necessarily being open um, fast or wide enough because the line is is questionable at at best. You know, the line play this whole season has been hurting. You know, you're missing Frederick. You're missing Martin in this game. Tyron Smith's been in and out of game. You know, so the, the, the line play has been questionable at best. But you keep running it up the gut in the red zone. If, if you're running back, who is the number one rusher in the league, if he keeps getting pushed into a pile, trying to run it up the gut when you know most players who are going to defend that play are going to be in the middle of the field. And you're not going to get creative enough to get that man open to get the touchdown. On top of that, you're going to throw the ball to someone who rarely gets into the game, although I believe and stand on my position that the fullback should be more of a regular part of the game, especially when it comes to running. He rarely gets into the game, and you he's caught maybe two passes all season. You're going to throw the touchdown ball to him. You're, you're going to run a play where the ball goes to him because he's thinking more, probably thinking more about the touchdown than he is about catching the ball. He's trying to get up the field but doesn't have the ball in his hand. That's as creative as you're going to get on offense. That's your wrinkle? You've got to do better than that. And honestly, I don't think the the, the, the person drawing up these offenses, uh, the coordinator, Scott Linehan, I don't think he's going to get any more diverse than, than the rare, rare so-called wrinkles that we're seeing every two to three games maybe. When a few games ago he was he was practically coaching for his job, in my opinion, and it seemed like he was getting bailed out. Now he you have such you have such a loss where you don't score any points. You can go down the line. It all comes back to the fact that your play calling is bland, vanilla, and mundane, and of all things, predictable. I mean, we played the Chargers last year. Anytime your the quarterback on the other side of the team is calling what's going to happen in your offensive play to the defense that's on the field, and again, he's on the sidelines next to his coach. Anytime you have that happening, 
Your play calling is predictable. It's antiquated, outdated. It is archaic, and something needs to change on that offense. And I believe it starts there. Play calling and the development of the quarterback that you depend on, that you want to be the future of the franchise. Changes need to be made in those spots. And most of all, and I, most of all, at the head coaching position as well. I mean, how is it that you allow your players to just be this checkout mentally in the game? They were still in the game before the second quarter. Second quarter hit. Okay, they're two scores down. They're still in the game. There's a lot of football to play. You walk in from the uh, from the field at halftime, 17-0. Again, still a lot of football to play. They come out the same way they did in the first half, flat. This is the time where that head coach needs to earn his title, his paycheck, and fulfill his job, basically fulfill one of the many tenets of his job. This game was a game of a certain magnitude. Win this game, you're in the playoffs. Win this game and you're in. You don't have to do anything else. Technically. But you win, you're in. Lo and behold, as history seems to teach us time and again about Coach Jason Garrett, head coach Jason Garrett, when that scenario is at his feet, he stumbles. He won't pick it up and run with it. He stumbles and fumbles and bumbles over it. When it happens, when you're in, stumble and fumble, eight and eight. Eight and eight, eight and eight. You're not at eight and seven right now. At that point, you're at eight and five this season. Winning your end, you don't have to worry. You've got the division. Stumble and fumble over. Now you're eight and six. And then you're going to face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in the next week. And then the Giants, who would love to play spoiler to the Dallas Cowboys. And the Buccaneers themselves, you know, they're a wild card all to themselves. They could win a game. They could lose a game. It's like a roller coaster. But if the Bucs are going to win a game, they can do so effectively. You have to watch out for that. A team that is like a wild card, like that, is dangerous. And then you have the Giants who will love to play spoiler team. So, on top of that, you have the Redskins and the Eagles who won their games. So you can ill afford to lose another game like you just did against the Indianapolis Colts. You can ill afford to lose it. You can't afford it. Because these guys are looking to knock you out of playoff contention. Either the Redskins or the Eagles win one more, you lose one more. Next thing you know, you're no longer at the head of the division. You know what happens? You're in the hunt again. And now you're looking for a wild card spot, possibly. If it's the Redskins, they probably get the division because, remember, they beat you the first time. So a lot of things, a lot of fallout comes from not being aware of the situation as the head coach. Not 
inspiring these players to finish the job. Finish. They, 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 they say all the time, well, apparently the motto a lot of times in Jason Garrett area has been finish the fight, finish the fight. Okay. There's going to be times where the fighter doesn't want to finish the fight. It's that manager's job to coach him, to, to, to coach him up, to give him that belief that he truly can finish the fight. Where is that from Jason Garrett? Where is that motivation? Where's that corner man that's going to tell you what to do, how to do it? Where is he? Where's that corner man that's going to tell you? You've got one round left in you. This is the last round and you've got it in you. Give him everything you've got and don't let up. Where is that? Where is that from Jason Garrett? Where is that? Give, him, give it one more shot. Give it your best shot. Where is that from Jason Garrett? I don't see it. I just saw him on the sidelines looking befuddled, disheveled, stressed. I don't know. He certainly didn't look like he was focused on the game. To me, he was watching. He was spectating. It certainly didn't seem like he was in tune. So how can I expect him to fulfill the role as a head coach? His job is to get his players in tune. Focused. Refocus them when you're down 17-0 and there's another 30 minutes of football to play. But we didn't get that from Jason Garrett. And it's like I said, as far as it goes, this should be a litmus test for the offensive coaching. Coordinator, QB coach, head coach. All of them. This should be the evaluation of all evaluation. Big moment comes. Everything right there. The division right there at your grasp. All you have to do is play 60 minutes of hard-nosed football. You come out with more points than the other team. The division is all yours. You're in the playoffs. You clinch a burden. So, this in my opinion, should open the eyes of Jerry Jones as a GM. You know what? Every time we get close, it seems to be snatched right from our jaws. And it's not because the other team just snatches it right away from us. It's not like they're playing key point. It's because the philosophy, the culture, and the focus that should be coming from your staff members is not being called upon when it's most needed. When you have that game, all you have to do is go get it. Go get the win, and it's yours. You're in the playoffs. That boost that you need, that culture that should be set for them to finish that fight, it's not being set by the people you have in leadership on that staff. So this should be the litmus test, especially if they want to go in 88. Oh, eight and eight. I'm sorry. Especially if they want to go wind up going eight and eight. This should be a wake up call. You know what? These guys aren't getting us to the next level. They're not on offense. We've got all this young talent. The Cowboys have a lot of young talent. They can get the job done. We've seen it. We've seen flashes of it. We've seen it happen a, a lot more times than not. Dak, he needs the development 
But he needs he needs a competent quarterback's coach, not somebody that came fresh off the bench and jumped into the position. Somebody who actually has experience coaching quarterbacks. He needs a development. And even without that development, the kid wins games. He can. Now, at this point, I'm not saying it's all on his arms, but he finds a way to will that team into a position to win. Now, if you take his raw intangibles and all the raw things that he has, all the pieces, and you fine-tune them and you put them in a nice package, and you say, here's Dak Prescott, our quarterback. If you put all those things together and repurpose Dak Prescott to be the quarterback he she can be, he has the potential to be, Dak can be an amazing quarterback. But it, it seems like... <laughs> The tutelage that he's getting is slim and none. So, as a GM for Jerry, the decisions he needs, or, I, or that I believe he needs to be looking at, is can these offensive coaches get us to the next level? How can you say you want to win a Super Bowl or? You know, your team is put together to be poised enough to win a Super Bowl. But you can't score points against a team that is scrappy like you. And in my last episode, I did warn that this has the makings of a trap game. It felt like a trap game. A team that was beatable, but, you know, they they were beatable, but it all comes down to... (laughs) you know, execution and, you know, being effective on all sides of the ball. It was a team that, you know, you could compete and beat, but it's more so who's going to compete the longest. And given that the Colts had their issues in the beginning of the season, but then they went off on a long winning streak like Dallas, sort of like mirror images of each team. You would have thought with Dallas having the number one running back and having this line that still seems to be able to fight, they would have fought harder, longer, and come out better. But it it did not happen. Everything was uninspired. Even the offensive play calling. And you see what that netted. That netted zero points. And here you go. Now, right back in danger of losing the number one spot. It's almost like the Dallas Cowboys are chasing a unicorn. You see it, but you just can't get your hands on it. And again, I don't think it's the team. They've got plenty of talent there. And over the time in the Jason Garrett era, there's been plenty of talent that's come and gone. But again, with all the talent you have, the people that should be motivating you, leading you into that next level, 
have been taking you on a chase for a unicorn. That has to change. It has to change. But where do we go from here? We face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sunday at 1 o'clock. And like I said, that's a team that they, they themselves are a roller coaster. And if they get a little get a little momentum, they can be they can be a handful. If they don't get a momentum, if they don't build something, put it together, Dallas could win. So that's what we're looking at now. So these next two games, <laughs> they're almost in a position to be must win for Dallas now. So congratulations. Congratulations. You guys put yourself in another pickle. So congratulations. Your back's right back against the wall. At least in my opinion, but hey. That's just how I see it. Well, that's that's all I have today. I just wanted to get that off my chest. Um, again, Thank you for listening. And I do apologize if you know it seems like I'm, I'm I'm battling congestion here, so please forgive me. Please forgive me. Um hopefully I can beat this congestion in the next couple of days. I want to give you my thoughts, my predictions, keys to victory on the Dallas Cowboys playing against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And hopefully, like I said, this congestion is gone and I can do so with a clear head. So I'm going to get moving here. Uh, I'm going to get moving along. Again, thank you for listening. I truly appreciate you and I appreciate your patience with me today. <laughs> um, so until next time, uh, thank you for listening once more. Uh, I'll see you on the sidelines. Take care. God bless.